Ryan, say something witty for the opening. Something witty for the opening. Don't have anything witty. Really? Really. You were just your mouth and off to me earlier. Well, you're easy to lip off. Welcome to AT Banter, the podcast where we discuss anything and everything regarding the world of assistive technology. With our hosts, Steve Barkley, Robineau, and Ryan Fleury. Now, let's banter. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Whoa, what do we got clashing banters? What's going on? (laughs) Reverb. Didn't you guys work this out before in the rehearsals? No. Rehearsal? What's that? Wait, was there a rehearsal? (laughs) I don't know, I missed the note. That would explain it. (laughs) Explain why I was sitting alone in my living room last night. Lost in my living room. No, that's because you can't get a girl. Yeah, well, that's true. And kitty cat. Jenny. Meow. Uh, hey, so a uh, busy show today, so we should probably uh, launch right into things. Uh, but before we do, we should just mention what we're doing today. Ryan. Rob. What are we doing today? We are speaking with Aiden Meyer from a company called Right Here, which I believe is an indoor navigation app. It certainly is. You are correct, sir. See, yeah, yeah. see what happens when you come to the rehearsals? I love it, I love it when he knows the guests he's booked. <laughs> That's right. But what we should get right into uh, was, the, of course, the big event of the week, which was yesterday's Apple event. Which, <laughs> Pretty uh, predictable. I'm under, I mean... A lot of the rumors had already told us what was coming. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, you live-streamed the event, Mr. Ryan. Live-tweeted. Yes. Attempted to. Yeah, that was cool. That was a good, good, good go. Yeah, so I think we should do the same for the Google event next month. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe get together on Skype and discuss it and tweet it. And sounds good. Excellent. That, yeah, that could be entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> but, can Can you hear the excitement in my voice? Absolutely. But no, okay. Let's let's mention a few <laughs> a few things here that that I think that are highlights. Or well, you know what? Let's let's just turn it over to Ryan. What uh, what's what was your general impression of the event? Again, it was pretty lackluster. Um, you know, a lot of the rumors that have been out since their June event came to fruition. So there's a new Apple TV 4K, which has, of course, 4K and high dynamic range. And that was it for the Apple TV announcements. Um, no announcements on iPads or Macs or anything like that. It was um, all about iPhone Right, so they announced basically three new models of iPhone, correct? Yep, the 8, the 8 Plus, and the 10. And of course the 10 is the item that's getting the most press right now. Uh, that was sort of their big their big announcement, right? Yeah, I think because it's the 10th anniversary of the iPhone, you know, they made a big splash about the new iPhone 10. I think we're going to see in the, in the coming days and weeks that um, a lot of people aren't going to, pay that thousand dollar price tag for pretty much the same features in the iphone 8 or 8 plus and that's a thousand us yes that's you yeah. know 1500 bucks here yeah pretty expensive yeah very expensive uh but it's, um, it's ridiculous <laughs> it's ridiculous essentially they 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 released a galaxy s8 yes right i mean pretty much now they do have ar built in which I don't believe the S8 does yet because Google's just announced their AR kit. Um, so there's some AR. What's, what's AR, Ryan? Augmented reality. Oh. Yes. So I can get um, that with a six-pack. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to spend $1,500. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like 30, yeah. 32 bucks on a bottle of Jameson and I'm augmented <laughs> all I need. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, and they also have... Uh, what are they? What are they call an edge-to-edge glass, right? So there's no there's no actual frame. The screen well, fills the entire phone. But who I, cares? That's kind of the the theme this year in phones. The LG right. G6 has a really small bezel. The S8 has a really small bezel. The Google Pixel event coming in October is probably bezel-less. Right. Um, that's it, just following what everybody else has done so far. The other big announcement, of course, the facial recognition uh, unlocking of the of the phone. Who cares? Yeah, I think the interesting part of that is they said it it grows with you or it adjusts with you. So 
you know, even if you're wearing glasses or if you grow a beard, it'll make that transition and still recognize you. They say they've, they said that there's a one, approximately a one in one million chance of it being spoofed. So photographs of you shouldn't work. But again, all this is going to come out once people have it in their hands right. and do some thorough testing on it. You, you think, Interesting. It, think it would work with Caitlyn Jenner? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, Caitlyn. I'm sure she has one or will get one. Um, you know, and but that feature is, it, it, it occurred to me is that's really the only feature that stood out to me in terms of having any sort of accessibility implications because... You, the only thing you could really say about that is that it could actually come in handy for people who have limited mobility as another way to unlock their phone. No. No? No, because they also got rid of the home button on the phone. Yes. And even during the live stream event, it didn't work for them the first time they did the face ID. So basically the way it works is you hold the phone up to your face, it unlocks, and then you have to swipe up to get to your home screen. So you're still oh, adding really? a gesture. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah, so it's not just a matter of looking at your phone and it unlocks. It unlocks, but it, to get to your home screen, you still have to do a swipe up gesture. I see. And that swipe up gesture, too, getting rid of the home button, I think, is going to be very controversial. Um, yeah. That that home button has been a feature of smartphones since their inception. They've included a button on the side now, which is your Siri button. And you know maybe they'll give you the ability to program that to do something else. But Apple's usually been pretty locked down and... You know, that home button has always been um, a physical button somebody could touch. That's right. You know, the S8 and other phones have gone to a capacitive home button, so it's kind of under the screen. So it's still there, um, and a lot of people like that. So Yeah, one of the things I like about my Android phone is that it's got three buttons instead of just one. Yeah. So, you know, I've got, I've got some additional functions that are easily uh, accessible. Having no buttons makes no sense to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. I think that's going to be one of the most controversial decisions. Um, but I mean, you know, we said the same thing about, uh, you know, the lack of a, of a headphone port in the iPhone 7s. And, you and, know. And it, gosh darn it, we were right. We, we were right, but I mean, people still <laughs> bought it. I mean, it's still, it didn't, it, at the end of the day. People will will roll with it. That's because Apple is a cult. Well, and that's that was kind of my decision when I got rid of my Galaxy S5 and went to an LG G6. You know, I was looking at the G6 and I was looking at the Galaxy S8. I was like, you know, do I really want a dongle for headsets? Do I really want to, you know, risk losing it or breaking it or? Yep. And my one of my choices was to get the phone that still had a headphone jack. Right. And, you know, that's why I chose that. And that's the nice thing with Android is you have choice. With iOS, you get what they give you. Right. And you like it. <laughs> well, yeah, fanboys seem to like it. Now, they also announced um, on the Apple Watch that it the new versions will now have cellular features. Yep. You can uh, now what do you think call, about that? You can now make and receive calls on your phone, as long as, of course, you have your cell plan. Now, well, but I remember... On, on I your remember, phone or on your watch? Uh, well, can they you, say, though, no, it's a different SIM. So your fo the SIM in your phone will not work in the watch. It's a, and I tweeted it, I forget, it's an electronic type SIM, um, whatever that means. But you can still use your existing phone number from your phone. So you're still probably going to have to pay whatever it costs to activate the SIM on the watch, 10 bucks a month or whatever your provider sells you the activation for but you can't just swap sim cards out but i mean i remember when the apple watch first came out and we talked about this that was one of the things that we were kind of like ah well that's kind of lame that you know it just connects to your phone and you still mm -hmm. need your phone on you in order to make calls through it now, now you don't now you don't um yeah. so i don't know that's that's kind of cool yeah that's that's moving the the watch technology forward you know that's that's more dick tracy stuff mm -hmm. you know? that's cool yeah, if only they, uh, I'm waiting for the eye shoe, so we can be like, get smart and like talk on our shoe. Well, we'll see what kind of impact that has on battery life too. You know, if you're using the maps for GPS on your watch and you're using the phone and you're, you know, you've got your accelerometers and your gyrometers and it's counting your steps and your heartbeat right. and all this other stuff going on, you know, are you still going to get a day's worth of battery? 
tough to say. It, it is tough to say, but I mean, I will say that I think that out of all the announcements that I read, I thought that the Apple Watch stuff was actually the stuff where they're actually really moving forward. I mean, the iPhone stuff, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, there's, you know, there, it, it's one of these incremental improvements. Um, you know, it's not lighting the the world on fire in terms of the changes coming. Even if you're really excited about about the face ID unlocking, which I don't know. I, I think it's just going to be gimmicky myself. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I've used that technology before, and, and it's it's flaky, and it doesn't work in low-light conditions well. Well, mm. they say it will, but. Yeah. yeah, right. The other thing they announced was a wireless charging mat. Yep. So now you can drop your sure. Apple Watch, your phone, everything onto this mat, and it'll charge. Now, the only thing I didn't pick out of the live stream event was if it was a proprietary Apple what charging Dude, mat? Of course, of it is. course. Or it is. if they're using the one of the two standards, the oh, Qi Ryan. or the other one. Oh, Ryan, you're so naive. No, I mean, not come necessarily. on, come on. Do you really think that it's going to be a like <laughs> not proprietary? I don't know. Of course, it I is. I don't know. You got to look. I'm not as cynical when it comes to Apple as Steve, and even <laughs> I had to roll my eyes at that one. Come on. I'm, I'm googling right now. Um, but uh, in re- in relation to that. Uh, they also announced that I think both the, the 8s and the 10, uh, they're going to have glass back yep. before, in order to, for, to do that. Yeah, supposedly my G6 does too. Yeah, I don't know about that that decision. That might be a bad design decision because I, I know they say that it's you know it's very durable glass, but yeah. it's still glass. And I mean, it's still one more thing that's going to be able to break on them. I, my phone I have for, had the I got on the second and I dropped it couple days before as I while I had it a couple this days is into, your this what, is what my kind of? this is my LG G6 okay and it's a glass front and back as well okay and it fell out of my pocket onto the floor and it's like okay I'm getting a case yeah um you know so I just got a regular transparent kind of a bumper type case right just to protect it a little bit but supposedly these charging mats will still charge through the case depending on the type oh, okay. of case it is all right okay so from uh, techcrunch.com uh, paraphrasing here, the air power mat uses a new kind of charging standard that ah. supports multi-device charging, which might explain why it's not shipping right away. There you go, proprietary Apple. Yeah, you were right. Cha-ching. Another money maker. Yep. And the, the the other weird thing that I noticed that they were talking about was this idea of turning all the the Apple stores into like town squares and like mm-hmm. having a I that. I don't know. That that really struck me as bizarre. Well, I think they want to get people into the stores to... I forget the word. I can't think of the word I want. Sell. But, indoctrinate. Well, sell, but also get your hands on the devices, be able to talk to somebody about your devices. You know, a little bit more than the Apple stores now. You know, you go into an Apple store now, you know, I had to make an appointment to take my Apple TV in. And, you know, granted, they were really gracious and really courteous and really quick. But I think if you make it more of an experience, you know, people may come. Like how many people uh, flock to Starbucks? Uh, yeah, but that's because they give us coffee. Yeah, they have coffee. <laughs> Maybe it's they will at Apple. Shop. It's not, it, we, Maybe they will at Apple. They no, talked about having musicians ridiculous. as well. Oh, come on. You know, they did. Uh, they talked about having music and art. This and... is so stupid. That is stupid. <laughs> like, honestly, come on. You are not, you're not a town square. You're a store. <laughs> like, if anything, turn Victoria's Secret into a town square. Then, okay. You still wouldn't go. Well, I, would, I might. I might. <laughs> I'd be more inclined than going to the Apple store. Now we're, refle- okay, we're now all let's, reflecting let's, on that. Let's apparently. combine Victoria's Secrets and the Apple Store. Then I'd totally go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, particularly if there was a Starbucks in it. Ah, uh, there you go. We're getting off topic. Uh, <laughs> was there anything else that they talked about that you recall, Ryan? That that stood out to you? You, you no. mentioned that they didn't. They didn't really mention accessibility at they all. They didn't at all. The whole thing. I right? didn't hear the word accessible once. That's uh, that's disappointing. Well, you know, again, it's two hours. They also didn't mention the HomePod which kind of leads me to believe there's going to be another Apple event in a month or two before Christmas, right. talking could, about the HomePod. How could we forget about the HomePod? Yeah. Um, so Sorry, I, I forgot about the HomePod. The HomePod is their standalone speaker, like the Amazon Echo. Oh, right. 
with directional speakers and sound and better subs. So really, really at the end of the day, it sounds like they talked about Apple TV, they talked about the Apple Watch, and they talked about the three new iPhones, and that was pretty much it? Yeah, nothing about Macs, nothing about iPods, nothing about computers, iPads, none of that. And maybe that's what they do in the spring events, but... But so for wow. accessibility, you know, definitely you have to do some research, but you know, one of the best places I would suggest you go to is, um, and listen to is Jonathan Mosin's Blindside podcast. He had a panel of uh, guests on his podcast yesterday talking about the Apple event and describing the slides that they were showing on screen. And oh, wow, fantastic. He, he's also wrote a book, um, which he does every time there's a new version of iOS called iOS Without the Eye. So it's very in-depth, very detailed, and we'll probably dive into all the features and accessibility features that are included. So, cool. Well, we'll make check sure. Them out. Yeah, we'll make sure we we link to that in, in mm-hmm. this week's show notes. Did they talk at all about the iOS 11? Not in great detail, from what from what I recall. Um, you know, it sounds like I think there's easier ways to get to your control center and your notifications, but they didn't go into a lot of detail. Hmm, that's weird. Yeah, it's it it strikes me as a little odd that that, that accessibility didn't come up once in the whole thing. Yeah, and it, you know it's interesting because you do a comparison of the Google event that happened earlier this year in June. It was all about accessibility. Yeah, they actually had people from the accessibility division get yep. up there and and talk about what's new and talk back and and what's coming. So. Maybe Apple will take notice and, and do it as well. Now, if, uh, we could, if we could only get rid of iTunes, everybody would be happy. <laughs> yeah, if they could. Well, I did hear something about iTunes, though, uh, just recently. That uh, I think you heard it from me. It was iTunes sucks. <laughs> no, no. No, we've heard that. That's an old news story. Oh, okay. We've, we've known that for years. No, they, Newsflash. Um, they didn't. I think they've removed the ability, the App Store from from iTunes. So now it's just movies... Ga- uh, movies and games or no no I movies think and tv and what they're doing is with the new iphones they're only supporting 64-bit apps so they're removing all the 32-bit 32-bit apps from the stores so if developers haven't updated their apps you're gonna have to find alternatives oh is that right it is? yeah hmm. well all right lots going on at apple so there is we'll uh i'm sure we'll, we'll be talking about more about uh the new apple the, the new iPhones as we find out about them. And uh, who knows, maybe they'll start telling us a little bit more in terms of what kind of new accessibility features that the either iOS 11 has or some of the new phones have. So we will keep you posted. And Rob will buy a HomePod. I, I would not buy a HomePod. Well, you still haven't bought a Google Home. I would I would buy a Google Home, but not a... Not a uh, Supposedly Amazon's coming up with a new speaker too. Another better speaker on oh, the really? Amazon Echo. Yeah. Really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll keep you posted on that, too. We're going to keep you posted on everything. Just stay tuned to us, and we will be your complete information source. <laughs> really? Yep. <laughs> A- everything you need to know, just come here. All we'll right. tell you about Hurricane Irma. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Harvey got a lot more press than Irma did, eh? Uh, yeah, well, I think it's... you. Obviously, there's a there's a gender, gender gap there. Y- you figure? The men... Male hurricanes get all the all the coverage. It's, it's so boring by comparison. <laughs> like I didn't hear much about what happened with Irma in Florida. It, Harvey was all over the news. Yeah, Irma went through and clobbered it pretty good, but it, I don't think it did the kind of damage that uh, it was potentially threatening to do. Okay. Although it absolutely devastated a lot of the Caribbean islands. Yeah. Like it just it just creamed them. And uh, yeah, they're going to be they're going to be rebuilding for years to come. And there's two more hurricanes coming. Yeah. So you know, you know, there's hope that they can get clobbered again. There's hope. Wonder, Poor wonder, bastards. I mean, jeez. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if uh, real estate is like really cheap now in the Caribbean. Yeah, but who'd want to buy it? Uh, me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get rolled over every other year by a hurricane. Uh, yeah, but you know, because of global warming, these things are getting bigger. They're getting more prevalent. And I mean, how uh, how much yeah. expensive is a hut on the beach? I mean, it's probably like ten grand or something. Whatever, you can rebuild that every year. Yeah, for, I suppose. For, yeah. I suppose. And you could rent it out as a timeshare to people. <laughs> An Airbnb. And there you go. <laughs> what are we doing sitting yeah, here? Not, the, not to... that you have any sanitation or water running or electricity of any kind. 
We need to get our ass down to Bar. What is that island? Barbudos? Bar- 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 Barbados? Bar- no, Barbuda. no, no, there was Barbuda. Barbuda. Yeah. yeah, we need to get to Barbuda and and yeah, which is that's where we need the new guitar. Say ninety percent in it in in inhabitable inhabitable. Yeah, it's inhabitable. Huh. Yes, that's right. <laughs> today's word inhabitable inhabitable <laughs> speculative. <laughs> Uninhabitable. There we go. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, everybody yeah. has that word. That's right. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, trip, yeah. It trips them up. Yeah. Joining us today is Mr. Aiden Muir, who is the co-founder and CEO of Right Here, which is a accessibility app for people who are visually impaired that enables them to acquire a better orientation in indoor spaces. Hi, Aiden. How are you? I'm great. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Sure, it's my pleasure. Yeah. Uh, so, well, you know what? Tell us a little bit about uh, Right Here and uh, how it all got started. So, Right Here is an orientation solution uh, for people who are blind or visually impaired and people with other orientation challenges. Uh, we basically turn, you know, just regular indoor environment into accessible environment for people who are blind or visually impaired. Uh, the way we do that is with a system technology that we developed. Uh, it basically has three main components. Uh, one is uh, our mobile app, which is uh, free for the users, Android and iPhone devices. Uh, the second component is our accessible spots. Uh, we're using a beacon technology, so it's a small, tiny sensors. I'll probably get back to that later. And the third component is an online dashboard for the venue manager or the venue owner to control and edit all the information that later on the users will hear once they'll get to this venue. Uh, the whole idea of, of, our, of our company is basically allowing people who are blind or visually impaired to work uh, independently and to access every other place just like anyone else can independently on the private way um, um, and freely, I would say. Uh, as for today, we, we see the world as a little bit blocked. Uh, we don't see many people who are blind or visually impaired just uh, going to the mall or going to the university or going to other places and we ask ourselves why is that uh, and then we realize that the you know the physical environment uh, is not that accessible for them uh, there's a lot going on in the digital space uh, you know about uh, WCAG and, and, and accessing websites documents and so forth but we had a question about the physical space uh, we're still humans right not robots yet so yet uh, and happily, you know, it's 2017. Technology is here to help. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities with technology, and ours just one. Um, giving the opportunity for a person to know where he is. Uh, this is the first thing the app does. Know what is it there. Know what is it around him. And, you know, being able to acquire better orientation and, and you know, get to go uh, by himself in the venue is important. And this is exactly what we're doing. So, for example, um, the system could be incorporated, say, into a mall. Like, you know, GPS technology right now is is sort of good, but it's not good enough to to really hone in on on fine details. So, for example, somebody, a blind user who's using their phone to navigate, say, to a mall, the GPS would get them to the mall. But then, so, but right here would then allow that venue to sort of. Um, be a lot more correct. specific in terms of uh, an orientation. Correct, correct. So this is this is exactly the scenario. You know, the the, the outdoor is is quite accessible. I would say there are great apps uh, and solutions out there. Blindsquare is one of them. That you know, allowing a person who's blind or visually impaired to get to go outdoor using GPS. But once they go into an indoor environment, uh, you know, they're kind of as as some of them say, we're blind again. Right. Uh, you know, so, so so this is and this is a challenge. The, the main challenge is obviously because there is no GPS. GPS is not supported in indoor environments. Um, but there are other technologies, and, and the iBeacon technology uh, protocol is just one example of that. That's the most advanced as we see it today uh, for this scenario, for this use case. But there there are others as well. Uh, you know, for us, we realize that till we'll get into a point. When it will be, you know, more accurate and more, you know, uh, uh, seamless and with no uh, infrastructure and with all that, you know, optimum uh, uh, vision or optimum fantasy of it, 
uh, we don't want to, to to wait till then and and leave anyone behind until we get to that you know point in 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 history basically um so we, so we took the most advanced technology that is currently available uh worked on that developed our own ip with it together with the whole system and got into great results where actually a, a blind person or, or again visually impaired can actually find himself in a venue whether it's a mall or if it's a university and hospital airport uh, we have use case already in every sector uh, and the feedbacks are just amazing um, you know it's uh, it's finally it's finally here uh, and I believe that in the near future we'll see more and more companies doing that and, and the technology will obviously evolve as well when did the app launch so we launched it um, it was January last year, uh, so it's almost two years now. Okay. Uh, we've launched it in Israel. This is where we're located. And in the first year, almost year and a half, we were mostly focused in the Israeli market. It was obviously easier for us to learn and to have it as a better site for our solution. Um, most of the focus went, go to, uh, uh, we were focusing mostly on, on the venues, because uh, obviously in the beginning, Having, you know, saying, marketing the solution for users that will later ask, okay, so where is it available? And saying, hey, no place. We had some kind of a chicken and egg, uh, uh, you know, problem. Uh, so we decided to focus on the venues. Uh, about six, I think it was six or five months ago, we've reached a critical mass of venues. There were enough uh, um, shopping malls, enough universities and so forth that installed the system. So we started to marketing, do marketing for you know to the users audience. Uh, we've been surprised to see that we didn't have to you know wait till that moment because users has already been on board for even that we had just a few venues because the demand for that is just you know is is, is clear but is huge also. Um, so having our users on board is like it's you know it's still it's still something that we're working on. But it is quietly, the, I would say, the easiest part of the of the whole picture. Having more venues on that uh, sometimes is harder. In other places, you know, in other cases, it's easier. But uh, this is a, this is our main focus now on having the whole system working, uh, or having this whole, uh, you know, uh, uh, vision coming into life, not just in the Israeli market, but also in the U.S. Um, it's obviously a challenge, but we we believe we'll be able to do that in Israel. By the way. There are almost 250 venues that are already wow. accessible uh, with the system. Um, again, among them, the largest universities, largest shopping malls, hospitals, uh, some of the airports, um, and so forth. So having, having, being able to do what we've done here in Israel and the U.S. is obviously our goal. Uh, and this is exactly where we're putting our focus these days. So if we had a mall that was interested in, in doing something like this, what is the process that the mall has to go through? So the process usually goes where we ask for the, the venue layout, uh, the floor plan of the, of the mall. Uh, then we try to understand, based on that, we try to map the, you know, this layout with our system, which means we're looking for the points of interest in this mall. Uh, it could be the it's usually the entrances, uh, the elevators, the restrooms, um, you know, you know, the information desk, and, and, and you know, points of interest in the venue. Um, after we map that, we get you a number, uh, estimation of our number, and then we based we make make our proposal based on that to the specific venue. Uh, once they agree to go for it, uh, so we're sending our installers to the venue. All they have to do is just, you know, to stick our accessible spots. It's, uh, for those of you who are familiar with this technology, it's uh, self-powered sensors in, in the size of a matchbox, basically. It requires no electricity, uh, and so there is no outlets needed around. Uh, it requires no GPS, of course, as we mentioned, no Wi-Fi, no basically nothing, just a goodwill of the venue to, to be accessible. Uh, installing this uh, accessible spot on the wall or on the ceiling uh, and there you go. There, the information is there. We doing, doing do that through our online dashboard. Uh, it can also be always managed and, and, and add, add it if needed, if there is reconstruction and so forth. Um, and yeah, that, that's basically the process. Another thing maybe to, to, to mention here is that the whole 
content that later on the user will hear uh, can be translated to, to different languages. So we're not talking only about uh, people who are blind or visually impaired, although this is you know, the main focus of this, the product. Uh, we're also talking about language barriers in many cases. Uh, so again, Im imagine like a, 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 an Israeli person, for example, going to a mall in the US and let's say doesn't know English, uh, so you can hear the information in Hebrew, uh, which is obviously very useful. Right, right, yeah, for sure. Well, especially in, in things like airports, especially, um, mm -hmm. you know, you want to mm -hmm. you want to be really sure that uh, it's as international as possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And by the way, by the way, this is something that we we didn't thought about in the beginning. Uh, we didn't thought it's it could be a, a good solution for language barriers. We just thought, hey, we want to have it in more markets, so let's let's just translate it. Uh, the content, but one in one case of uh, actually it was a hotel uh, who teaches teach us this. They said, "Hey, you know, we have tourists from all over the world, and I believe it could be a very useful not just you know to the blind society, but also for tourists who don't know how to find our uh, you know dining room right. in the hotel." Or, or so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there. I mean, there seems to be. It seems to me that there there are sort of applications to the technology that that extends even beyond accessibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, the opportunity with the technology here is, is absolutely endless. I mean, it's, uh, it's, if you like, it's some kind of a digital layer upon the physical environment. So we, we're focusing on accessibility, but the venue and specifically malls, by the way, which we mentioned before, can do a lot more with that uh, in terms of, you know, their marketing efforts and so right. forth. So. But speaking of that, uh, what's, what kind of range do the sensors have? So we can configure that for each accessible spot. Uh, the maximum is 70 meters. Uh, this is the maximum that we're using. Uh, like this is the maximum of the, of the of the sensor that we're using. But in most cases, I think by the way, 70 meters is about 200 feet, if I'm not wrong, radius. But uh, this is the maximum. Usually, in most cases, we configure them to about 10 feet radius. Um, it's just more accurate. It's giving a better experience. Um, and maybe talking about the experience, I'll, maybe I'll describe it just for a second. Sure. So, yeah. So, so it's all it's all starts basically at home for the user. Uh, so once you download the app, again, it's 100% free, Android and iPhone. Uh, it can find what places are accessible for him in the area. It could be his mall or you know whatever it is. Uh, once he chooses to go to one of them, it can click on that, and then. Uh, it will ask him how would you like to get there. So you could do that with ordering a cab on like Uber or Lyft. Uh, recently, we've integrated uh, oh. uh, BlindSquare to that, so you can go there outdoor with BlindSquare or other apps. Uh, once you get to the venue, uh, you'll get a notification that this venue is accessible with Right Here. And basically, from that point, the real value of Right Here has actually come into play. Uh, basically, the first thing that the app will do, it will let the user know where he is. Uh, so, for example, you are in the main entrance to Westfield Mall, okay? Right. Um, or you are next to the elevators or the second floor or whatever it is. But first is answering the question, where am I? Secondly, uh, the app will let him know what is it here. So, for example, the open hours in this mall are from Monday to Friday, or uh, you know, the the you are in room 205, and the class in this room is mathematics, okay, hmm. or psychology, or whatever it is. So, where am I, and what is it here? This is the two first questions that uh, answer, and the third one, which is very unique to write here, is that no matter where the user is actually pointing with the smartphone. Um, 360 degrees around him, it will let the user know what is it there and what distance or even how to get there. So again, let's say we're in the main entrance to the small and we realize what the open hours. Now we can point where the smartphone you know, is just straight and it might say the elevators or the, the food court is in this direction uh, in 30 feet. Uh, may, uh, attention, there are stairs in uh, after 10 feet, going heading down, let's say, three, three stairs. Right. Uh, and if we point to another direction, it might say the restroom. Everyone look for the restroom, obviously, in the shopping mall. Right. So, um, so the restroom is in, just in front of you, ladies on the left, a gentleman on the right. 
Uh, I can even mention that in some use cases, we even install accessible spot inside the restroom, inside, so it's right. easier to, to, you know, to understand where is the sink, where is the dryer, right. how, what type of dryer is it, and such information inside the restroom as well. Um, so yeah, again, where am I? What is it here? What is it around me? And the last but not least ability is even calling for local assistance. So if the user still needs someone, you know, for assistance, uh, if it's a, a mall, it probably will be to the information center. In the hotel, it probably will go to the reception, and so forth. So it's all about providing independence. But still, if the user needs someone uh, for assistance, he can also have it. Now, in terms of the venues themselves, um, like once the system is installed, is it pretty easy for them to go in and, and configure? all the different sensors like is there is there sort of like a back end that they go in and they can they can put in whatever descriptions they want mm -hmm. exactly this is uh actually we are very very proud of the of our online dashboard uh, i think it's just a state of the art for, for this you know for our niche uh, the user the venue owner can log in from wherever from his smartphone from his tablet from his, you know the pc laptop wherever uh it's an online uh, portal where he can exit, log in with his username and password. There he can find all the accessible spots in the, in the venue. He can even see picture of where exactly are they located, where exactly are they installed. He can configure the, the ranges. He can uh, re, re, uh, rewrite the content. Uh, so if, let's say, uh, you know, there is a reconstruction and something has changed, or the, you know, the, the, the restrooms are now just, just you know, uh, the, the ladies and the gentlemen has been changed, as I said before, so you can do that from there. Um, uh, it can also ask for, uh, for reports of how many people actually went through that hmm. accessible spot and actually used this accessibility service. Um, so yeah, this, is, uh, this is all can be done remotely. Um, and you know, you know, maybe I would add another thing about it is that it's right here we consider this whole solution as a perspective, as, as a ramp for, for the blind, if you like. Uh, so, you know, ramp for wheelchairs are here for, for years. There, it's also technology, very old and low-tech technology, but it's technology that, you know, enable a wheelchair to access the venue. We consider right here exactly the same thing for people who are blind or visually impaired or with orientation challenges, because without it, the environment is just blocked. Right. So, so yeah. So ha ha being able to track how many use your ramp, it's, I think it's very innovative, um, and having the the ease of, of installing it in your venue. There is no you know pre infrastructure. There are almost almost no maintenance needed uh, for that as well. I think it's just the right thing to do, and we encourage more and more venues to do that and join this uh, you know as we call it revolution. And is it fairly easy in terms of, say, adding more sensors to a system that's already in place? If, say, they expand or they get a new store that they want to they add, is, it, is that just pretty easy? It's just a matter of plugging absolutely. in a new sensor? Ab absolutely. Absolutely. And again, the, the reason for that is because the whole, you know, the whole concept is about orientation rather than navigation. So we're locating the accessible spots in points of interest. So it, they not depend on each other. We have... We have small moms and pop shops that have only one, for example, and we have shopping malls that have, you know, hundreds. So it doesn't really matter because the, the accessible spots are not depends on each other, unlike with navigation solutions. Uh, and maybe just to clarify a little bit on this definition, when talking about navigation, is all about, you know, taking the, the user from point A to point B. Uh, it's like a step-by-step -step experience. Uh, when talking about orientation, it's just knowing where you are in the main intersection or in the main point of interest. And knowing where you are, what is it here? You know, the layer of information, you know, that is relevant for you to just feel, feel free to choose where you want to go, just like any other people would probably do there. Uh, so we're not like kind of isolating you with some kind of go there and then turn left and then to your right and you didn't know where you're going and what is it along the way. We're just letting you know each time you pass an accessible spot, where are you, what is it here, what is it around you, and so forth. Now, have you, have you come into contact with, say, a venue that was using the system in a way that 
that surprised even you guys? Um, so, so yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, you know, the first one, as I said before, was in the, in the, uh, hotel and this hotel that we, you know, teach us about the, the language barriers that we actually help and solve. And this is why we add more languages into the system and we're keeping adding more all the time. Uh, another, you know, advantage that we didn't thought is that big, but we've realized it along the way is this, you know, the seamless experience of installing the system. Uh, in other cases, or thinking about you know thinking about Wi-Fi infrastructure, sometimes uh, you kind of need to you know have the outlet ready. You kind of need to exactly you know make make a lot of taking a lot of things in consideration when you know deploying uh, routers and so forth. With our technology, it's it's very seamless. There is all just a sticker again in the size of a matchbox. Uh, it's almost invisible, I would say, uh, which is something we didn't take those advantages. As that important, so it's kind of it's something that we've learned during you know along the way. Um, you know, when meeting uh, another another thing that happens it probably will happen all the time is that you know the interaction with our users is you know teaching us a lot. We've been changing the app over and over again in the past year and a half, and we probably will continue to do that because the feedback are just coming. And you know, one of the reasons uh, we called ourselves. Uh, the company right here is because it's some kind of a intern reminder that the right thing to do is always to hear the feedback. Uh, our, you know, our found us as founders and you know the team, uh, we're not coming from. None of us is a blind person. We do have uh, some of the engineers that work with us are blind and visually impaired, but you know the core team of the executives are not are not blind or visually impaired. And therefore, we understand that the best approach, the best way to go, is just by understanding and listening to this audience and giving them what they, you know, looking for. Uh, this is also, by the way, one of the reasons we decided to have this, you know, whole solution 100%, you know, free for the users uh, and not charging them not even one cent. Even that, you know, in the beginning, it was something that we've been we didn't know how to approach. Uh, and venues. Some of the venues tell us, "Hey, we we are, we're okay with having this system, but we don't think we need to pay for that. Maybe the users will do that." <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's as 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 ridiculous as it might sound, but we say, "Hey, we we don't think that our users need to pay for the world to be accessible. Right. It's our responsibility as society, uh, and therefore we're charging only the venues, and it's again, it's 100% for the users." I'm curious about how the information actually gets delivered and how you do the the multilingual aspect of it. So, are are the the messages that are being delivered are they are they text based or are they synthetic speech? How 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 does that part work? Yeah, so we're using a text to speech engine, uh, which is uh, it's part of it is obviously in the app, but the other part is in the in the online dashboard. Uh, so the venue owner. Uh, by the way, usually we do that for them in the setup, but they can also always uh, manage that afterwards. But uh, let's say the venue owner can write the context, uh, the content in uh, in text uh, in one language or in a few languages, and later on it will be uh, will be will be changed into a, a speech for the user. Uh, we do not do automated translation. So if the if the venue owner decided to write the content in English. It will be only in English. We won't do automated automated uh, uh, translation uh, because we just don't trust enough on you know on the on the, on the you know Google Translate and right. other services that are right. very good but not good enough uh, when when it comes to actually directing a blind person in a venue. Uh, so we give the, the the ability for the venue owner to translate it with a professional translators uh, if we choose to have this experience. Not just for uh, one language, but for few. Um, so yeah, so it's all all been done through that through through the dashboard. And how long was the development process? Um, you know, it's uh, it's hard to say because we're uh, you know for us we think it's just the beginning. Like we're still, we, we, I believe we're still in the you know in the development process. It's in the, I'm sure. not sure when we end, but. You know, to get things off the ground, I think it took us about a half a year or so. Um, you know, for the for the first first uh, uh, um, version of the app, um, obviously the dashboards have been changed along afterwards as well. 
Um, but yeah, it took, it took us about half or more, half a year just to take the first versions. Uh, so, and, so, yeah. And given that, it, that you know, the system has all these different components that need to work together um, to, in order to sort of work seamlessly, in, in the back end, in the development process, which part of that was the most challenging for you guys to, to really figure out? Um, I think it was, you know, the beacon technology, since the beacon technology is, is, uh, relatively new, uh, I think it's about three or four years, you know, just available for, for developers, uh, since it was very new. So we had no, you know, references or, or different use cases that we could rely on. We had to make a lot of tests ourselves. We had to like, you know, to make a lot of progress internally and to learn it from the ground up and, and it's been evolving very quick in the beginning. Um, uh, just like you know, any other technology, it's, it's evolving very quick. So uh, I think one of the main challenges, I think the main, main challenge was about the, the beacon technology, knowing exactly what interfere with what, uh, how, how to configure the accessible spots in a way that it would be accurate on one hand, but secondly, also uh, uh, in a wide enough range so it will be you know, relevant for the use case. Um, you know, controlling the lifespan of the batteries inside because obviously it's a concern for the venues. Right. Um, we, we in the beginning, it, it, you know, we could promise the venues it will last for a year. This day we're promising th from three years to four years uh, and it will be evolving all the time. I believe that by the end of this year or, or the very beginning of next year, we'll probably st start promise five years uh, of, of uh, lifespan of the battery. So. So yeah, I think the beacon technology that was the main uh, main challenge. And what do you guys have planned for the future for the app? Um, so well, for what I can say, I mean, there is some some of the you know some of the developments on the roadmap that unfortunately I cannot share at the moment. Um, but one, one thing I can say is that we're looking to integrate this uh, great experience and uh, not just with, uh, uh, with the, you know, the known or the popular iPhone and Android devices, uh, but with also other devices that can, can be supported with that and give a better experience. You know, in the end of the day, we believe that as more devices will be able to integrate the right here technology inside and support uh, accessible environments, the better, because uh, some of, some of the the users will probably prefer this device, others will prefer another one. Um, so having the right here app working in many different devices is something that we're currently putting a lot of attention to, uh, and working on. Um, in terms of features, unfortunately, I just cannot. Uh, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. No, oh, come on, yeah. we're all friends here. <laughs> we won't oh, tell okay. anybody. No, <laughs> we we you know it's funny. We we always ask people that, and they always have the same answers. Like, well, you know, we can't really can't say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. So one of the questions I have is: Do you have a directory of places that have started using the right here sensors? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So we have it. Uh, so first, we have it inside the app. So for those who will install it or already install that, so there there is a, a possibility to see it inside the app, um, nearby locations. I think it's called the feature near, nearby, uh, and then you can see a list of all the venues that are accessible with the system, from the one that is close to you to the one that is far away. Uh, the second in, in, uh, place to find the places that are accessible uh, is on our website, uh, if you can actually see uh, the map. Uh, with all the pins, uh, uh, the right here pins on it, where, where is it located? Uh, again, I believe that most of our listeners now are from the U.S., right? And Canada, yeah. And, and Canada. So, yeah, so unfortunately at the moment there are not many places that are accessible with our system in, in the U.S. market and in Canada. Uh, and if you're listening and you'd like to have some places that are to be accessible with it, nearby so just let them let them know about us uh let us know about them uh, so we can make it happen we do have some references but still most of or the majority of the venues are currently in israel um hopefully it will be changed uh by the half or or uh or, or third i would say third quarter of next year but uh we're working really hard on that uh the other question i have is let's say i have a restaurant i go to frequently 
And I want to get them on board with the right here app and mm-hmm. sensors. Let's say I wanted two sensors, one to tell me the main entrance and one to tell me where the washrooms were. What would what would the cost be involved in doing that? Um, first, I can tell you that we do have our do-it-yourself kit for small small businesses, uh, like restaurants and coffee shops. So the, in terms of process, it's very simple for them. Uh, the installation is usually done by themselves, so it's also reduced the cost. Uh, obviously, when it comes to large venues, we need to send our installers and, and takes time and all that. So it's it's another fee they're paying. But for small businesses, they can do it themselves. It's just, again, it's installing one or two accessible spots. It's not big of a deal. Uh, in terms of cost, again, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's the right place to... Uh, to mention that, but I can tell you it's not, it's about a few, a couple of hundred US dollars, I would say. Uh, it's very, I would say, um, cost effective in okay. that term. Sure. Is it, is, uh, it, is it based on um, the number of accessibility points that, say, a particular venue wants to, to place? Yeah. So it's based, well, basically, it's based on two main criteria. The first one is the number of accessible spots. Uh, and secondly, is the subscription. We have one-year subscription, five-year subscription, and 10-year subscription. So it depends, you know, okay. how long you'd like the service to be running, uh, and it depends on how many accessible spots uh, you want to have. The number, again, of, of accessible spots is, is, is depends on the size of the venue, as right. we all understand. Sure. But it also depends on the complexity of the venue, uh, and, of course, on the level of accessibility uh, that the venue owner want to have. Right. Um, so again, you know, as I said before, we truly consider the system just like a ramp uh, for wheelchair. Uh, I think a couple of hundred, uh, I think, uh, let's just say that it's way cheaper than a ramp uh, <laughs> in, any, in any scale. Like it's, uh, it's, you know, it's not even comparable. So. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm curious about how you do the, uh, how you do the directional uh, part of it. Um, the directional part is, uh, is part, is part of part of it is you know is our technology, but part of it is also combining two different technologies. So one is the beacons, as as you are uh, already know, but the other one is the compass of the uh, smartphone device. Um, so using both of them together with a few other tricks, I would say that we <laughs> we happen to make, uh, we're able to actually direct you uh, in a very accurate way. Um, so yeah. So what you're saying um, is we need to get one and play with it. <laughs> yeah, and I'd love to send you one. I'd love to send it. I'd love to send you one. Uh, so you get better understanding on that. Um, yeah, I wanted to say before, you know, for for our listeners uh, out there, there there's two two things that is important for me to say to our listeners. The, the first one is that I welcome you to you know download the app. It's 100% free and give us your feedback, whatever it is. Uh, from the user experience through the other things that concern concern that you might have or ideas you might have on anything like that, we're we're welcoming you to to talk to us. You know, we usually said that our our way to get to a world that is accessible for the blind and visually impaired, our way to get there is by working together. Uh, and when we say working together, we mean you know we're talking about you know having our users active and you know and helping us you know bring this vision. Uh, and working together means working with the organizations, um, the nonprofit organizations, as well as with companies who actually uh, install that in fa- eventually. Uh, so again, if, if users are listening to me now, I encourage you to download and send us uh, your feedback. You can also do that personally to me. Uh, my email is idan at right-here.com. I guess it probably will be uh, somewhere near the, the podcast somewhere. Um, and, and the second thing is that if you know a local, it could be local restaurant, just like I think, uh, Rob said that. Yep. Right. Right. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Ryan. So just like Rob said, uh, if you have, if you know some local restaurant or, uh, a shopping mall owner or, uh, the accessibility coordinator in your university, whatever it is, let him know about us, uh, so they can at least. Uh, consider at least evaluate uh, whether if it's you know relevant for them or not. This is our only way to actually being able to access this uh, the world or the venues uh, to you guys. So, 
and and we'll yeah. we'll make sure that we link to uh, both the website uh, as well as the uh, the app uh, in our mm-hmm. show notes. But yeah, again, for anybody who's listening who who is interested, uh, it's right dash and then here as in hearing, H E A R. Exactly. Yeah, we're also very active, by the way, on Twitter, Facebook. We're answering all the time, and we have lots of videos on YouTube. Uh, of how to use that, how to install it, and everything involved with that. Aiden, thanks so much for joining us and, and taking time out of your day. And uh, th- it's an incredible system, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm jazzed about it. Oh, amen for that. Thank you so much <laughs> for this opportunity. It was really a pleasure. And, uh, you know, if you look for us next time, so we'll be right here. You got it. We'll, we'll touch base again soon. All right. Thanks, Aiden. All right. Thank you. Wheeling and dealing. Yeah, well, you know what? When I first heard about this technology I didn't realize it was directional Hmm. because to me that's critical for any kind of uh, system like this and the fact that it's wireless yeah and uh, doesn't require the sensors to be attached to power Mm -hmm. well with three-year battery that's that's amazing yeah yeah that that's that's game-changing technology in terms of this this type of technology well you walk into a mall you know, you'll have the points of interest or wherever the spots are. Move your phone to the left, it'll you know, tell you the store, London Drugs. Yeah. You know, walk down further, it'll tell you what's on your right, Starbucks. Yeah. You know, that's pretty game-changing. But even even within, like, like yes, a, a mall venue could use it, but you could also sort of go even, you know, farther down and... A store could use it, so yeah. you could you could mark shelves and sections, aisles, yeah. aisles, yeah. you know, of a grocery store, Home Depot. Yep, Home Depot. Like there, there's a lot of applications for it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The multilingual thing is really interesting too, because you think about a town like Vancouver, where we've got so many different languages being spoken. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's always the uh, the uproar when. Uh, you know, like we, we've heard it most recently with stores in Richmond where yeah. they, they put up Chinese-only signs. Well, this this gives them an option to have multilingual information being delivered to their customers mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I like the usage case of, of a uh, of a hotel. You know, there's there's tons of hotels that could use this technology. Mm-hmm. But uh, but boy, you know, this is the sort of thing that a, a university like uh, oh, like yeah. UBC um, yeah. could buy onto in a huge way because it's always been an access issue for them, particularly with their older buildings that are you know they're kind of cramped and mm-hmm. and nothing's really labeled particularly well for people with visual impairments. Um, so. People are getting to the door, but they're not getting much farther. Right, uh, you know, independently. So, yeah, this is uh, this is slicker than goose poop on a door handle, as Rick would say. Well, and I think too, you keep hearing about you know eye beacons and you know Apple getting into beacons and you know Google talking possibly beacons. You know, we're getting into these you know proprietary format wars again, mm-hmm. and. You know, you're going to have to have multiple apps on, on your device to just be able to find your way around something. You know, yes, this is proprietary as well, but it sounds like it's already in place. It's already functional. It's got a lot of flexibility and sound- can grow and adapt with the store. Yeah. Or, yeah. And, they're, and they're applying accessibility standards that have been developed by third parties, right. you know, which Google looks like they're probably going to buy into as well, which would be cool. Mm-hmm. You know, all it would take would be for them to... Uh, uh, have their app also recognize iBeacons and, and uh, Google Beacons. Yeah. And, you know, it would be a, a absolute killer. Mm-hmm. Oh. But I also get the sense that wearables seem to be the, you know, the new darling. And so everybody's sort of, you know, investing investing resources into wearable tech. Mm-hmm. And maybe they've just kind of forgotten about this this technology that's now here and it's ready, ready to go. Yeah. But that's awesome. Well, who knows? Who knows what the future will bring? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hey, Ryan. Rob. Where can people find us? www.atbanter.com. They can also email us if they so desire at atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. Ooh. And, you know, did you know we're also on social media? We are? We are. Yeah. What? Yes. As it turns out, apparently we have a presence at Facebook. Okay. We also have a presence at Twitter. Twitter. Instagram. Instagram check. YouTube. YouTube. YouTube check. Yeah. Yeah. Pinterest. 
Man, no, we are no, no Pinterest, no Pinterest. Uh, Google Plus, not anymore. Oh boy, no. Jeez. Although if someone Googled, they could probably bring up the old page, but I haven't, <laughs> I haven't actually logged into our Google Plus. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. Long, I don't. A long time. I, I think the people who use Google Plus all work at Google. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Right? <laughs> yeah, damn. All those people who are on MySpace and switched to Google Plus are very sad right now. But oh well. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to about do it for us then this week. Well, Thank- hold on. Oh, wait. No, it's. Oh, wait. No, it's not. What? What else you got for us, Steve? I think we should put that call out again. Send us letters. Send us your ideas. Send us your thoughts. You know, we're uh, we're all the way up here in the wilds of Canada, and we're lonely. So you know, write us. A, a haiku, anything. Yeah, yeah. Especially haiku. We love haiku. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, we will see you all next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at one 795 8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com. <laughs>